Welcome to Lame Stream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. Uh, and if you like this show, you can rate it, you can review it, you can subscribe to it. All those things would be good. Really write us a review. But um, most of all, hit the subscribe button, smash it if you will, and tell somebody. Tell somebody that you listen to Lame Stream Sports. You're a proud, proud Lame Stream Sports listener. Yes, and please support the 440 Sports YouTube page. There is some fancy camera work and editing going on right there. Not done by me, of course, done by professionals. Uh, so you should check out the YouTube page. Lots of new cool stuff up there as well. A football show and fringe element. Yes, Steve, you're flailing uh, about. He's, he's flailing well, about for those who can't see him. Uh you know, while we're doing a little admin up here up front, um, our friends over at Club and Country, if you're a soccer fan at all, if you're a soccer fan at all, this podcast is really fucking good. <laughs> I mean, it's it's so good. Yeah, it's very I'm, good. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm biased. I like the guys. I like Wes and Tim. We've had Tim on here before. Uh, not Wes. One day. One day, one, Wes. One day, maybe. One Wes. day, buddy. But it's a really good podcast. Yeah, uh, it's very good. And, and I, to the point that if, you, if you're a Nashville SC follower at all, you, you kind of can't miss this thing. It, it's just, it's just really that good. Anyway, Any, just anyway, to say yeah, that. anyway, thanks for interrupting my promotion of other products uh, yeah. with yeah. a fantastic, no, with, with a fantastic recommendation, by the way, no, check out the 440 sports YouTube page, but at the same time, we've got a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. There are things coming. So make sure you got the 440 sports Twitter account and Instagram account as well. Followed. Uh, make sure you're hitting those, turn on those notifications. Cause we got some stuff coming for you guys here soon. Obviously, um, uh, Adam Vingan stepping away. If you missed that episode last week, um, we've, we've got some plans in place for the gold standard podcast. So make sure you stay tuned for, for things that are coming. Um, uh, the podcast that we are doing right now, will feature chase McKay, but before we get to chase, cause we're going to talk about the launch of the fan, bringing back outkick 360, what they're trying to accomplish with that, how ESPN reacted to, to losing an affiliate station, uh, but also a lot of NASCAR, what took place at the super speedway, what's going to happen at the fairgrounds. A lot of stuff with chase McCabe coming up today on the show but before we do that and of course recommendations are back later on in the podcast and maybe we'll discuss the freddie freeman saga as well because <laughs> steve is infinitely fascinated by what's taking place with freddie freeman and doug gottlieb and the braves and the dodgers and agents and money and all this other stuff lots of tears were shed uh so we'll get to that a little bit later on uh, however lamestream sports is brought to you by jaspers always brought to you by the fine folks at jaspers so you want to know how cool jaspers are is are is are how, how cool Four Top Hospitality is. <laughs> is. I'm going to go with this here. Um, so they th this is how cool they are. They never, ever, ever complain. And if you listen to our ads with, with on the Gold Standard or on Fringe Element or here, you understand what you're kind of getting into business with here when you do when you do business with 440. They give us a lot of latitude to explore. A lot of rope studio, to hang ourselves with. <laughs> to explore the studio space. We Point is, we never, ever, ever get emails from anyone at Jasper's about anything. And we have pushed the boundaries pretty far on this stuff. If you listen to I'm hanging up now. The, the latest we the latest episode of Fringe I know Element. Where this is going. If you listen to the latest episode of Fringe Element, you will understand um that they are pretty much cool with anything, is my point here. That's how cool they are. Jasper's is that cool. Also a great place to eat and park and everything else. Um, but we got a scathing email. Scathing email. And and I really shouldn't say we got a scathing email from from ownership from suits high up at Four Top Hospitality and Jasper's complaining about Steve Cavendish. First of all, <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> Second of all, go to Jasper's. 
<laughs> when the suits <laughs> at Jasper's sent me this shit, <laughs> it was full of links to sites that my web browser flagged as being questionable. Oh, are you are you questioning the integrity well, of these were Russian sites? <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if some kid in, on another part of the world is trying to steal my credit card information. I would hope that's not the case, you suits. But singular I, I didn't look at it. suit. I didn't look at it. I'm not going to look at it. I'm not yeah. gonna I trust yeah. my browser. The the suits at Four Top Hospitality uh, sent like six links to Steve Cavendish with the rules of air hockey. <laughs> this is bullshit. And he did not like it. He still doesn't like it. And it's 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 not an us problem. It's a him problem. It's a you problem, Steve. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bullshit. This it's is a, this is my problem. And in spite of that, you should still go to Jasper's. <laughs> but it's still bullshit. <laughs> Oh man! Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story, Steve. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Don't we have a show uh, to get on to? Go to Jasper's. Uh, wonderful conversation with Chase McCabe again. Pro his role as program director. He's been elevated in the last six months to that role for 102.5 The Game Cromwell Radio. He's launched a new channel, uh, and he's very well connected in the NASCAR world. So a lot of insight on racing and the future in this city, as well as what's going on over there with Outkick 360 and the new launch of the new station, The Fan. So a lot of cool stuff with Chase. One, Chase, one of the nicest guys in the entire world. Nay, universe, Steve. And um, Sure, going to take your word on that. Yeah, we had, we had a great conversation with him, and here was our talk with Chase McCabe. Lamestream Sports is a podcast about Nashville sports media and business hosted by yours truly and the Nashville banners, Steve Cavendish. And it is, in fact, brought to you by... Jaspers, the next evolution of the sports bar. Yeah. We've told you about the parking. We've told you about the the evolution process that has taken place. If you want to go watch evolving. If you want to go watch a sporting event, what are the things you would really like put on a checklist of, of ideal situations and, and items and things that you would want to be in your life when you go to watch a sporting event out in a public setting with your friends or family or kids or spouse? It would be parking food. Delicious, yeah. Sorry, delicious food. Number one, I was going to say park, park for free. That's, that's well, pretty, I mean, that's up there. I mean, parking, maybe number two for me, but but okay. gotta have the gotta have the food there first. Delicious food that's that's like not a sports bar food. This is this is the the whole point of Jasper's is to push the boundaries on what sports bar fare can be, and that is what they have done. They they haven't pushed the boundaries; they destroyed the boundaries. Yes, they blew right through it. And they have set a new standard for sports bars, but they also you also can park for free. Also, would you like a free game room with like 10 different options of entertainment for free for you and your friends and your kids? Yes, please. Check. What if like, you know, you, you want to go after work and you'd like there to be a, a an actual happy hour that actually saves you money and is actually special, like specials that are special? Yes, please. Okay, so. Oh, 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 wait a second. Also, there's a grab and go market in case you want to pick up some little some little items for some friends or some family or some food or some swag or some trinkets, whatever. They got that, too. They have a gift my, shop. My God. Yes, man. Yes. I, I'm not sure what else they can do. They actually have a library. <laughs> like I don't know. I, I don't know what else the Jaspers can do to serve the national community and sports fans better. I Honestly, I, I just don't. I don't know what they could do. Go to Jaspers.
without it being illegal. Jay, great to see you. Welcome to the show. Good to have you back. Second time on the pod. How are you, sir? You know, Braden, Steve, I'm good. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, I was wondering if you were going to ask me ask me back, but you know, I'm glad you did. We've had a lot of things going on here at our station, so it's uh, fun to be here and talk about it. Well, and the last time we talked to you, you've had okay. So we've got a new branded station, and we've got yep. a new title. So new officially title. on the air. Congratulations on the new title, which I think happened like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, been about six months, but thank you. Six months Appreciate ago. Appreciate that. Um, so first of all, just before we get into the fan and, and the rebranding and bringing out Kick On, um, as well as we're going to talk a lot of NASCAR with you as well. We know you, you know, with the podcast, Chasing Checkers, you're, you're very passionate about racing. So I thought this was a perfect time to talk with you. But can you explain to people, um, just, just describe the, the, the job, program director. Describe that job to people. <laughs> Um, it's a, it's kind of like the head coach. I mean, I have, and I, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, when we worked together, I had the assistant program director title. And so I, I did a lot of things behind the scenes while also focusing, you know, on my producing career or on the air career, whichever it was. Um, but now, you know, it's a completely different perspective because I'm deciding what goes on the air. I'm deciding who goes on the air. I'm, um, making all the, the programming schedules and, working with our partners, uh, with the Predators being the, the biggest one that we have. And 94.9 The Fan was a part of that and part of all those conversations that I had because I had a different vision for what that station was. And, um, and so it's, it's kind of fun because I, you know, my, the joke that the guys give me now is that I'm the suit. <laughs> and, um, and so that's kind of what I've become. But uh, I'm trying to do what's best for, you know, our listeners and for our station and, and make us be the best that we possibly can be. And, you know, it was cool for the last five years to, to kind of be the, the APD and in my head go, well, you know what? All right. I agree with that. Or I would do it this way. And now it is my choice. And so um, it's been a, a fun six months and I've really enjoyed working with everybody here and our on-air crew and everybody behind the scenes. And, excited to see where uh, this all takes us so so 94.9 was primarily an espn feed beforehand yes. and now it is a, is a variety of things and, and we'll get to what's in there um why make the change for me so it was a pretty simple decision i've known uh chad withrow and jonathan hutton for basically since i've been in this business and we've worked with a lot of the same people but we've never worked together and I knew what their show was. I knew how talented they were and, and Paul Kaharski as well. And when they left their former employer, um, to be completely honest with you, my initial reaction of, well, that was a dumb move on their part, on the employer's part to let them go. And in always in the back of my head, it was need to revisit that at some point in time that need to figure that out down the road. Um, I like what we're doing in afternoon drive with Stillman and company, but I also knew that there was that second station that was sitting there that that could be something to, to look at at some point in time. So when I became program director, one of the first things I did was uh, I got to go to New York for Barrett sports media's convention and Chad and, and Hutton were there. 
And, you know, Braden, as you know, a lot of deals get done at the bar. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, no, no, never what are talking about. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, we, we caught up and, and talked and, and that's kind of where it all started, but it was, it was more than just them. Um, because I knew that, you know, I knew there was a, a, an audience that was waiting for them to come back on Nashville radio. They've built something really cool with streaming without kick, but I knew they wanted to be back on radio. But Dan Patrick has been missed on on Nashville airwaves. Colin Cowherd has been missed on Nashville airwaves. And has Colin also, Cowherd been missed? I think by some people, probably my afternoon show host. I was going to say probably by Stillman. <laughs> yeah, but but um, you know, I knew that there was a place for them. And also, sports betting has grown so much in this state since it became legal. You know, the Veasan Network that is Brent Musburger and that you know his family they've started that. I knew there was a spot for that. So my vision kind of became, you know, we, we have a lot of ESPN programming on 102.5. We run a lot of their play-by-play on 102.5. Let's make 94.9 be something completely different and separate the two stations. And, and that's exactly what we've done. And a lot of work went into it. And Bud Walters, our owner, was hands-on with it. And Dennis Guazdon, our general manager, Sean Ford, our, our director of sales. It was a team effort. Um, Jeff Kolb, our director of sports marketing, and we, we were able to, to pull it off. And obviously the flagship show being bringing out kick 360 back to Nashville airwaves. So, uh, it was a goal of mine when I took over and I'm glad we were able to get it done. So Steve and I have had our opinions on why it works out kick and Stillman and company going up against each other each day, you know, Withrow was on last week and had his opinions about it as well. I'm curious, your, your decisions and, and why you think it works together, why they work in conjunction with each other versus competing with each other. It's, and, and it's the question I get asked a lot of, <clears throat> aren't you competing against yourselves? And, and like, in some ways we are, and in some ways we aren't, you know, I look at it as we're, you know, we're all under one umbrella. So rising tides lift all ships. And from a financial standpoint with sales and a rating standpoint, I think if 94.9 can do well, then that's going to help 1025 because you're going to hear Chad and Jonathan and Paul come on our shows, which um, I think is, you know, <laughs> say what you want about any of them. They all have opinions and you're going to listen when they're on, whether it's Chad with, with Stillman and company or Paul with Robbie and Rex road, and then Hutton with, with the midday show with the DDC, they all are going to bring something to the table. And, you know, Paul, for instance, is a lightning rod. I mean, and, and I knew that, and I don't always agree with Paul. And I told him that when we had our initial conversations, like, Hey, yep, sometimes I, I disagree with you, but I respect you at the same time. You've been in this market for a long time. And I think there are people that, you know, definitely, they just want to tune in to hear what he has to say. And so that's where I think they work in conjunction with each other. Um, and, and why I think it's going to ultimately be a good move for us as a company. See, I, I, I didn't think of it as sort of a rising tide sort of thing. I thought of it, especially in the afternoons, as being, oh, well, that's, that's two shots at the, that's two shots at one of four or fives kind of, kind of biggest, yep. biggest pieces. Yeah. And that, and that's the idea, you know, I mean, I, and, and Braden, Braden knows this from working with me and, and, being friends that like I, I'm I'm friends with just about everybody. I have respect for just about everybody. There are a lot of people across the street, as we like to say, that uh, I've worked with and haven't worked with, and I'm very tight with. But 
it is a competition and that's, that's at the end of the day, we're all trying to win. And, you know, I know what, what I have, I know what they have. And, and now you, like you said, I have two shots at it to, to pull away from, from their audience. And there are a lot of people that, you know, listen to outkick um, that are mad that they aren't there anymore. And so now they're trying to find them and I know I'm going to get them. And then there are people that are loyal to Stillman and want to, to listen to Stillman and Caroline and Caroline Fenton has done a tremendous job since joining us a year, year or so ago. Um, she has learned not to put up with Jared's BS, <laughs> uh, which is a skill in itself, but um, I think she's, she's elevated that program. And so I really like the lineup I have across both stations now and that ultimately, like I said, is going to help our company as a whole and help us win. I just don't think, hang, hang on, Steve. I just don't think the person who listens to Stillman and company is the same person who listened to formerly the artist formerly known as midday 180. I, I think it's, that that's to me, that's the gist of it. It's two different types of shows that are very, very different and have very different audiences. Yeah. I, I, uh, I totally agree with that, Braden. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I look at, I know we're going to talk NASCAR a little bit later, but I mean, that's why I'm pro both tracks because you're getting different types of racing. It's like, you're getting different types of shows. I see you listen to, to, thank you. Listen to outkick 360 <laughs> and, and Stillman and company. And, and so it, I want to give people a choice, but at the same time I can win both ways. And, okay. and that's, we can win as a company. You can be diplomatic about this if you want to or not, but, uh, ESPN radio has, has had a lot of changes, uh, in their, in their lineups. Uh, and I wonder, I've always wondered sort of the people that were doing, I mean, there's a lot of stations around the country that were doing similar to what you were, which was running a lot of that ESPN programming, um, with sort of kind of constant changes. And they took out, I mean, once like for instance, Van Pelt came off and, and they put him late. That was a, that was a big chunk. And, and once, Mike and Mike had, had changed. That was the, like those changes kind of rocked a lot of different audiences. And, and there were some other smaller kind of pieces as well. I, I wonder how much of all those changes made programmers look at their lineups and go, you know, like what you said, I'd like to have Dan Patrick. I'd like to have like some other kind of pieces that are syndicated instead. Yeah, I, I think a lot of stations have gone through that, Steve. And, you know, it was certainly something I looked at. ESPN was great through this entire process. Um, you know, obviously for them, they were losing, you know, a station and losing uh, options for their programming, but they they understood and were great to work with and still are great to work with. Um, but I, you know, as I said to them and I said to, you know, my bosses of, it's my job now as the program director to put on the best possible programming for my, for our audience, for what we, you know, what we have. And I, I knew that acquiring, especially Dan Patrick and Outkick 360, that was going to help that. And, um, you know, to, in respect to ESPN's programming, I think they, they do have a lot of talented people there. Um, but you've also seen a lot of talented people leave. And, and like, you know, Dan Lebitard was probably the latest one that, you know, when he left, I, I think that left a, a void in their midday lineup. And I think they're still trying to figure that out. Um, you know, Braden, there's a guy you used to work with every morning that I, I really would like to see in more of a prime time role in Jason Fitz. Um, 
you know, I've heard you've, you've done a tremendous job when you've been on ESPN radio. I just, I, I think that they have a good product. Um, and I, I like working with them, but again, at the end of the day, it's like any decision you make, you, you just have to do what you think is best for, for your company and, and for you. And that's what I did. So it's not me. It's not you. It's me. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, well, it, okay. So lay out for everybody then, because like fine bomb is not really on ESPN radio proper. Right. They have, they have him sort of on another, you know, they've kind of peeled him off into their own thing. He's on the sec network. Like, so tell everybody exactly all of the frequencies, all of the shows, all of the channels that now come from Cromwell radio when can they like give everybody the entire layout? Okay. Um, and, and to tell you the truth, fine bomb was the one that was the hardest to, because we had fine bomb and, um, you actually can hear fine bomb on one or two, five in the overnights, but like, that was the hardest part of, cause I, I do like Paul fine bomb show quite a bit, but, uh, on 94, nine, the fan, you will hear the VSIN network, um, pretty much, in nights the mornings up until eight o'clock in the morning and then starting at five in the afternoon uh, and they have a lot of different shows that are all about sports betting do a tremendous job covering it obviously um brent Mus musburger is a part of that from eight to eleven it's the dan patrick show from eleven to two is the herd with colin cowherd and joy taylor um and from two to five is outkick 360 94.9 is also the home of the Nashville Sounds, and you'll hear some college football on there as well. And we're working on a few other things that we hope we can announce very, very soon. MTSU basketball is also on 94.9 The Fan, but we, we hope to have another big announcement with that station coming up here pretty soon. On 102.5, nothing's really changed there. From uh, 6 to 10 is Robbie and Rex Road. From 10 to 2, the DDC, um, Darren Donick and Chase and Derek Mason also with us on that. Uh, and then two to six is Stillman and company uh, featuring Caroline Fenton, um, who is there to uh, just beat up on Jared Stillman whenever, whenever she can. But we've um, one thing that I've tried to do since taking over is our six o'clock hour. I've tried to keep that live and local um, because I, I don't believe drive time ends at, at six o'clock. I think a lot of people are in their cars still listening to the radio. So that's been a good spot for some of our up and coming talent that, uh, as Braden knows is very near and dear to me because I had to scratch and claw so many years, but, um, Elijah Campbell, who unfortunately is leaving us, but he's been doing a great job. Max hers, Michelle Knezevic. Um, we've had uh, a lot of our youngsters get some opportunities in the six o'clock hour. And then that's generally when ESPN will, will take over at seven, uh, to hear Fitzy, um, in Spain and Fitz. Uh, and then our play-by-play. -play. So that's kind of the basics. We've we've also, on weekends, that's where you'll hear talking with TD, chasing checkers. Um, Michelle Knezevic is doing a, a Saturday morning show. We're going to have some SEC shows in the fall, so we don't have to hear Braden. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so it'll be good. That's totally valid. No, I'm just kidding. So No, I, um, I, I, no it's totally valid. Um, what's 106.3, how does it figure in? Okay, so 106.3 is a simulcast of 102.5, and this is something that our owner, Bud Walters, has been very, very passionate about to, to get done, and it's a huge addition because you know, we recognize the facts that there are some spots across town that maybe you can't pick up 102.5. 106.3 fills in a lot of those gaps. In downtown Nashville, you can listen, listen to it all the way to Spring Hill, down I-65, all the way to Murfreesboro, and even into Murfreesboro, 
on I-24 and across 840. I was at the Nashville Super Speedway all weekend and and was listening to 106.3 and, and could hear our station as clear as a bell. So everything you hear on 1025, you'll also hear on 106.3, which is why we've kind of dual branded as 1025 and 1063 the game. One of the things that uh, it's interesting, the relationship with uh, with Vissen, because there is a the the sports books have had so much marketing money in the last couple of years. Uh, does the does changing your lineup and kind of refreshing it let you go after more of that money or not? Or is that um, I think it certainly helps. I mean, that that's one thing that really helped. I think a lot of media outlets, not just us during COVID is you had so many states that legalized sports betting. And so you were able to capitalize on BetMGM and DraftKings and FanDuel. And, you know, th- those are obviously the big three. Um, and, and they, that was advertising dollars that really helped media outlets. And so the answer is yes, but it was also already there. And I think as we get back into football season, it's going to be there again. Um, and, and that's one reason why I wanted to do this. Cause I knew that we could probably be able to pull from both stations of having, you know, those companies advertise on both, whereas it was just one or two, five before. So I definitely think there's more opportunity for, for some money in that sense. Lamestream Sports is a podcast about Nashville sports media and business hosted by yours truly and the Nashville banners, Steve Cavendish. And it is in fact brought to you by Jaspers, the next evolution of the sports bar. Yeah. We've told you about the parking. We've told you about the, the evolution process that has taken place. If you want to go watch, evolving. if you want to go watch a sporting event, what are the things you would really like put on a checklist of, of ideal situations and, and items and things that you would want to be in your life when you go to watch a sporting event out in a public setting with your friends or family or kids or spouse it would be delicious food. delicious yeah sorry delicious food number one i was going to say park park for free that's, that's well pretty, i mean that's up there i mean parking maybe number two for me but but okay. gotta, have the, gotta have the food there first delicious food that's that's like not a sports bar food this is this is the the whole point of jasper's is to push the boundaries on what sports bar fair can be. And that is what they have done. They, they haven't pushed the boundaries. They destroyed the boundaries. Yes. They blew right through it and they have set a new standard for sports bars, but they also, you also can park for free. Also, would you like a free game room with like 10 different options of entertainment for free for you and your friends and your kids? Yes, please check. What if like, you know, you, you want to go after work and you'd like there to be a, an actual happy hour that actually saves you money and is actually special, like specials that are special. Yes, please. Okay. So, oh, 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 wait a second. Also, there's a grab and go market in case you want to pick up some little, some little items for some friends or some family or some food or some swag or some trinkets, whatever. They got that too. They have a gift my, shop. My God. Yes, man. Yes. I, I'm not sure what else they can do. They actually have a library. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what else the Jaspers can do to serve the national community and sports fans better. I honestly, I, I just don't, I don't know what they could do. Go to Jaspers without it being illegal.
we got some heavy hitting NASCAR stuff here. We got, I, I, let's let's do wheels. Let's we go. got we got some stuff to talk about here. So Chaser, try to can we for those that are not in the weeds on racing and don't know all the details. This time last year, we had we we talked about NASCAR making this big push to come back. It came back to the Super Speedway in Lebanon, had a full crowd. The fairgrounds, Dale Jr. is doing his whole thing, trying to get the fairgrounds back up and running. It seems like if you do not know and are not in the weeds, that nothing has happened in a year. And the crowd wasn't as good this past weekend. So what, what has happened to the momentum behind NASCAR coming to Nashville in the last 12 months? Um, I think it's still there. I mean, the, the crowd, was it considered a quote-unquote sellout? No, but I still thought it was a, a good crowd. Um, you had a lot of people involved. The thing that, that stinks is the, the rain, the weather. Um, is going to hurt television ratings because they ended up having to move to USA to finish the race that night. Um, but it was really good racing. I mean, it, it was, I'm not just saying that I'm saying this from the racing fan that I am, that's the best race I've seen at that track before, because you had three, two and three wide, you know, racing and a lot of passing. And it was very hard to pass there in the past. Um, but so I, I think the show, the product is much, much better than it used to be. But I think the momentum is is still there. And you, know, you bring up Dale Jr. Um, he realized last year when he went to the Super Speedway, you know, how nice of a facility that was, Eric Moses and the job that he does. And so he's been supporting both tracks. And the fact that you have Speedway Motorsports that, you know, his purchase, um, what was Dover Motorsports that own the Nashville Super Speedway, they're the ones that are wanting to run the fairgrounds. They're all under the same umbrella. I think that's a good thing. And um, most of the drivers that I have talked to are all for racing at both tracks. That's going to continue to build momentum um, because you're going to see two different styles of racing because they're two very, very different tracks. Very different. One, one is a right. five eighths mile and one is a 1.33 mile. Um, so very different types of racing. And um, I, I think that's going to be a good thing. So I think the momentum is definitely still there. Um, it's just, um, they had to fix some things this time around with traffic and concessions. And I think they did a really good job of that. It was very easy getting on in and out of the racetrack. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people, you know, they, they had some hiccups with the rain because obviously they weren't in position and the rain came and people decided, all right, I'm bailing. So that kind of slowed things down a little bit, but if, you know, when everything was as it was supposed to be, I thought it was pretty seamless. Can, can you, well, so then I guess my, my, again, the question is why has there been nothing announced? No, nothing's happened with the fairground. So what is it about the concessions at the super speedway that's affecting why we're not making any progress on the fairgrounds? Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, I think that the reason that there hasn't been anything with the fairgrounds is you have the fair board and you have the council and you have all these moving parts that involve uh, politics that typically move slow. Um, from people that I have talked to, I do feel like we're close to a pretty big vote um, coming up soon that is going to really paint the picture of what is going to happen with the fairgrounds. I do believe a deal is going to get done and then shovels are going to get in the ground. Um, they really needed to break ground a few months ago to be able to be on the 2024 schedule. I think 2025 is probably more of a... Uh, you know, that that's probably where it's going to be. And what's interesting there is there's two years left on the deal with the super speedway. Cause it was a four-year deal. So when you get to 2025, 
that I think there could be some decisions if you're having good crowds and things are going great at the super speedway, which I believe is going to happen. And I hope happens. Then you're probably going to see two race weekends in Nashville, one at the super speedway and one in the fairgrounds, um, which is what I want. I would love to see that. So it's just slow moving. Um, I think that ultimately it's going to happen. It's got the support of the mayor. It's got the support of a lot of movers and shakers in Nashville and NASCAR wants to be able to say that they have a track in yeah. a downtown city yeah. and they can't say that right now. They, they supposedly are going to run the streets of Chicago next year, which I don't really think is a great idea, but we'll see. Um, but they could actually have a racetrack in a, a metro area. Yeah. Um, and I think it would produce great crowds. It's interesting. You, the, the process on this is the deal has to be cut between mayor's office and Bristol in order to, in, in order to kind of finalize all of the, what, what the improvements would be kind of what the city's obligation is, all these other sorts of things. And I was told six months ago, Hey, the, you know, this deal's done. We're, we're, we're ready to go. And then it's just kind of, it's just kind of languished. Like they haven't, they haven't even delivered it to the fair board yet for them to sign off on. And then from there it goes to the council. Um, I, I'm interested in, uh, I'm interested in if folks that you have talked to, if there's any frustration over this thing kind of, kind of lingering on, because I talked to some folks that were at it, that were out at the, uh, the super speedway over the weekend. And they said the same thing and talking in talking with, some Bristol folks that was just like, Hey, you know, we're, we'd love to be doing this right now. We'd love to be cross promoting. We'd love to be getting on calendars and all this other stuff, but it just hasn't gotten done. I, I'd be interested yeah. if, if you've heard similar or different or, or what have you heard? I've heard a lot of the same things and, and, and there is frustration, but it's because there's so many moving parts and there's so many people involved. And as you both know, when you get, a ton of people involved in something it's just going to bog it down and that's that's what's been happening with all of this um, i mean there, there was i mean in, in the and one of the like the dirty secrets of the like the titans deal is you know there's this big chunk of money there for the titan stadiums but there's also like 17 million dollars stuck in that which is speedway money i yeah. mean it, it's money it's money for the track here in nashville and I, i'm I, at some point this has got to get done yes yeah <laughs> It's going I mean, to get done. I, mean, I, assume, it, I assume noise ordinance is a part of this as well, right? Like noise big... ordinances, but this is, this is what I'll also say. And this is my message to people that are against it. You have two choices. You can accept that this is going to happen and let it move forward and have them fix the place up. And then you have this beautiful, great Geotis park next to a beautiful, awesome Nashville fairgrounds motor speedway whatever it's going to be called and you have two great facilities on the fairgrounds and i was just at the new exhibition hall those look great those are nice so you have a fixed up fairgrounds so you can do that and also they'll put in sound walls and all the stuff that will help with the noise it doesn't make it go away but it helps with the noise or you can accept the fact that it's a historic landmark and it can't be closed or torn down <laughs> and leave the dumpy old racetrack next to the really nice soccer stadium and keep doing this over and over and over again. Right. And, and, so and, and not, that's what and not, it is. And not improving the caliber of racing because right. I mean, I mean, it, it's not like Bristol's going to run 
you know, 70 races a year in there. They're not, they're going to, they're going to adhere to largely the same caliber. I mean, largely the same calendar, but it's, it's just a better caliber of racing. I mean, we're going to see of those events. I think we're, we're supposed to see a lot better racing kind of within there. Right. Yeah. And I mean, the local stuff isn't going to go away. The all American 400, which is nationally known uh, for short track racing and local racing, that's not going to go away. The, the, what you would see added is a NASCAR weekend, whether it's cup series, which it's going to be, uh, the Xfinity series, the trucks, the national series are going to come there. Arca already runs there. Um, I believe they would continue to do that as well, but they're just trying to take this historic, awesome racetrack. And if you've never been out there, even for the local stuff, go check it out. July 9th is SRX, which is Tony Stewart's thing. Um, Joseph Newgarden is going to run in that Ryan Newman, Matt Kenseth, uh, Elio Castroneves. I mean, there, there are so many people that run the SRX series. Now it's awesome. And it's old school, short track, beating and banging, yelling, punching, all like just mm. your great Saturday night. Braden, you'd love now it. I'm in. It would be, it'd be <laughs> a great time. Um, I love a good Saturday night beating. <laughs> yeah. Great. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's what you'll see. So and you're going to get that with NASCAR, with the Cup Series, you know, once they, they fix it all up. And I think it would be such a beautiful facility. So let me get you to pinpoint just a percentage real fast on the, 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 two, the two different events in the same city. Yep. Is, is, that, is that not largely unprecedented? Like, I, I don't know as much as you do about NASCAR, but off the top of my head, I cannot think of another location or even city or even region that gets two races in the same place at two separate venues in the same calendar year that would be largely unprecedented would it not yeah the closest example i can give you to that is one with the cup series it's never been done um it's you've or i'm not gonna say never but not in the modern era but you haven't had like you know the cup series is going to go to nashville and go to two different tracks the closest thing i can give you is in the old days at Indianapolis, the cup series would run at the big track at the Indianapolis motor speedway. And then the Xfinity and truck series would run at the short track, which is about 20 minutes away called Indianapolis raceway park, um, IRP. And the trucks are actually going back there this year. And so Xfinity and, and couple run at the big track. That's the closest thing that, that they've ever done to that. Um, you've had the last few years, They've run Daytona and then they've run the Daytona road course, but that's the same track. They've just, you know, modified right. it. You've had Charlotte and they've run the, the road course, but two different facilities running the same series. No, they haven't done it. And that's, that's why I think Nashville and NASCAR are so interested in making it happen. I, I, well, I would tell fans too, uh, if you, if you want to get like a, like, the most ridiculous up close look at the uh at the speedway go to a soccer game and park in lot eight <laughs> because like literally yeah. the, you're, you're parking kind of down in the infield yeah. and I, w- I was out there for a game and uh, and i realized they were taking me onto the track and i like i had to fight the temptation to like take like a quick right and just like do a lap around the track not that oh. my car would have done very well on that's those the, on those embankments. I probably would have slid down about halfway through the next turn. I think that's the wrong direction, Steve. You got you got to turn left. 
Yeah, we go uh, left. You got to go well, left onto the track. There's there's, <laughs> there's many things wrong with me driving on that track. But <laughs> hey, but, I, uh, I have I have driven my two daughters in the sunroof around the light festival at the track before. Yeah, I've done, I've done oh, that cool. and, dri- and driven it, it, on the track itself. It's, it's such pretty, a it's cool. Yeah, it's such a cool facility. Uh, and and and, it, and in spite of the fact that it's pretty beaten up, yeah. uh, I mean it, it's just a, it, it's just a great old track, and and you can't help but like walk out there and, and if you if you get a chance if you go do that if you go park out there and you're walking it you can like walk up these embankments and just kind of sort of see it and it's the it's the neatest feeling it's yeah. it, it's really if you're a sports yeah. fan at all you really ought to kind of do it because it's it's just it's just fun and for me that you know racing is probably the sport that i've loved the longest in my life and every time i walk in that facility and it, to some people this sounds silly but you know, I, li- I feel the history. Like I can look at that track and see Dale Earnhardt senior and Harry Gant and Daryl Waltrip duking it out for a win, you know, at the Nashville speedway and, and just hear the relive those moments that happened before I was even born, but I've watched, you know, watched it so many times that you just kind of take it all in. And that's one, one thing that Marcus Smith, the CEO of, of speedway motorsports, he wants to keep that history. He wants to make it a better facility, obviously, and get it up to standards and put in the, you know, the soft walls. And um, now the drivers and Dale Jr. is one of them. Um, I actually talked to him about this this weekend. Doesn't want them to repave it because drivers just want beat up yeah. Yeah. racetracks that elite tires and have character. And unfortunately, they probably will have to repave it. But um you know, that, that I think will be interesting. And, you know, a prime example of that is it took, you know, 15, 20 years for the super speedway service surface to wear out where you get great racing, uh, even though it's concrete. So, um, but I, I just think with what they want to do to make that a, a just grade a classy facility, it's going to be good for the community and obviously racing. I want to go real quickly a little further into the Metro conversation about all this, because I do think that is at the heart and and you've already mentioned the history because all these drivers that are now, and even Dale jr. Sort of now out out of the sport to some degree, but still a huge part of it from a voice standpoint. But like you look at this next generation of drivers, like all these tracks were built a mile, like miles outside of town. They're all the same distance and the same length. And they're all, you know, way outside of Chicago, way outside of Los Angeles, way outside of Vegas, way outside, like they're all these. And mm-hmm. that is, so it's, it's not only that you have the, the, the opp- opportunity to relive history and kind of, there's lots of charm that, that other drivers have with this place, but the Metro part of this as well, like how many go, go a little deeper in the history and the Metro part of it, because it feels like those are the two things that Nashville has working for it. That literally like you cannot find another city where you can actually have land to build a track if they wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think Richmond could be the closest thing because Richmond Richmond's built on the old Richmond fairgrounds. Um, but I, as how close it is to Richmond proper, I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, they don't have that and they've, they NASCAR has proven they love Nashville because they brought the banquet here and I, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. The driver's, absolutely love going to broadway and no experiencing all of that oh yeah i know right no. experiencing all of that um synergy I, chase i mean i kid you not <laughs> i and he's tweeted about this so i i know it's okay for me to say i left the track dale earnhardt jr and i got on the elevator at the same time 
And I said, and we have a mutual, we, we have a mutual friend. And I said, Hey, are you going to see so-and-so? And he goes, yep. Meeting him on Broadway right now. And I said, have one for me, man. Have fun. And this was 11 o'clock at night. I mean, they, they love it. Like it, it's just, it's so unique to them. You know, we live it every day, but it's unique to them coming to visit that um, they, that's why they want to come to the city. And so that's why I, I think what gives Nashville the upper hand in making this work, because it's such a unique situation to literally have your racetrack in a city in what, five minutes from downtown. Yeah. Yeah. you know, from the fairgrounds. Um, and, you know, the thing they'll have to figure out is what the soccer stadium's figuring out, where are you going to park everybody and put everybody. And I mean, that's an ongoing thing. And they knew that when they started this whole process, they knew that when they built Geotis over there, Hey, great spot. Where are you going to park everybody there? But they're going to figure it out. They're going to have to. <laughs> um, and so I, I do, I do think that that is why this is ultimately going to get done just because of how unique that's going to be. And it's another thing that Nashville can tout and say, we're the it city because we have a racetrack in the middle of our town. Oh, that's going to, that, that, that Steve's, Steve's not going to react well to the, uh, the commentary there. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we, we, he has an ongoing feud with that phrase, uh, Chase, um, oh, the, it city. Uh, the, the shit city um is, <laughs> no i will say t- steve check your toes though make sure none of those names hurt your feet um that chase just dropped just make sure that your toes are okay <laughs> i did have oh, to work good. i actually i actually wrote a i wrote an essay in the scene a few years ago called a, a few years ago called death to it city so yeah. <laughs> i i kind of agree with you on that that it's an overused term yeah yeah so. I, I but but your point is 100 valid which is we've got three professional sports teams there's about to be a 125 acre development on on the east side of the river and oh by the way a historic venue that is one of a kind on the nascar circuit the highest racing of you know that style of racing in this in this country so i I think your your point is still very valid even if steve hates the 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 lingo um chase while we got you here i i I do want to ask since uh a little more than a month from now we're going to get we're going to get indycar back in town yeah uh Anything, anything I should be thinking about as a fan based off of last year, kind of going into this year, just in terms of like, uh, you know, try, trying to find the right spot, right spot to camp out or like stuff that I need to make sure that I do uh, yeah. this, this time around. I, I think um, one thing that stood out to me that I, I didn't realize was going to be as cool as it was, is the support series that they had for IndyCar with the the super trucks that were doing jumps and, you know, Robbie Gordon, who's a NASCAR veteran was a part of that. Um, you have the GT cars that, uh, are badass. I mean, they, they're so fast around that place. Um, and so I, I think more people should check that out. In addition to the IndyCar series, I believe Indy lights is running here this year too, which is kind of their development series. Um, for, as for finding the spot, I mean, it, the tra- there the really weren't not, any bad spots. The, the track's not changing, right? Like they, I know they're making some adjustments they're, to some corners, but like they're not really yeah. changing much, right? Right. The layout's going to be pretty much the same. They're they're moving, they're moving the start line to where the finish line is because they were in different spots right. and they're kind of moving some stuff around there um, to help with restarts because you know that's when that's kind of when they got into some trouble last year was on some restarts because yeah. they'd go right into a hairpin. 
Um, so they're moving, moving some of that around. They're modifying some of the corners, but pretty much the, the out, the, the layout of the track is going to stay the same. Um, and I thought they did a really good job with it. And I think it's going to be even better in year two. I've, I've talked to, um, on chasing checkers. You can hear Simon Pagino this week, nice. uh, as he will be on. Um, and we, we talked about it and he said how much he loved the layout last year and, and is looking forward to getting back and that it's, it's really fun for the drivers. It keeps you on your toes. You have to pay attention because of, of all the turns, but in the bumps, you know, you have the character of run, running on a road, going over the bridge, um, that the, the car will flutter a little bit going over the bridge. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I, I, I think fans, if you didn't go last year, you definitely need to go this year because it's, um, it's a party. It was a party all weekend long. I mean, I was, I, I was stunned at how they, in year one, they had an iconic kind of stretch there with that bridge run. Uh, and, and like the, the views of it were yeah. so, looked so cool on TV and looked so cool. Kind of, kind of, if you were like down at the bottom of that Hill, uh, I, I thought it was interesting that like right out of the gate, you had, you had something that was just like super identifiable as Nashville. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's what was so cool is just seeing that bridge and the cars going across it. So that, so the next night I was, um, I was downtown for something and they had reopened the streets, but like the walls were up, all the like barriers the, were still up. Yeah. yeah track yeah. was still there. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I made a whole lap around it, gunned it going over the bridge, like going through the rubber. Like it was, it was awesome. And Gun, you know, gunned the, it in what? Uh, my <laughs> Nissan Altima. So it literally, I, I was going to say like the, uh, the 440 sports lamestream Toyota Tacoma runs, gets fluttery. <laughs> it, it gets, it gets fluttery on the bridge even. And it's just a small midsize truck. Like it and gets was, a little loose. Yeah. It gets yeah. a little loose on the bridge. I will <laughs> I say, say I, I started, I started down at the bottom of the long stretch on the outside when, when it was hot as hell that, that day. Uh, but we started on the outside just to watch them come off that, that hill at top speed. Cause that's when they're, they're full throttle. But I'll say this, we watched it from everywhere, inside the track, sort of on the exterior, around the corners. The place that I thought that I found, and I don't know what you think, Chase, I found a spot that I think is maybe the best. And I don't know what corner it is. I don't know if it's like 11 or 12 or 13, but it's the last one that turns to go towards the Titan Stadium. So you're coming off the, the long straightaway. You take the left. Then you come down. There was nobody along the fence line. You could stand right up against the fence. There wasn't a lot of fans. It wasn't crowded. And you could be literally, I mean, they were literally driving right underneath you and taking that last corner before getting towards the stadium. And I thought yeah. we sat there in the shade, 15 feet from, from these cars going, you know, punching it around the corner. Like you can find some really cool sight lines if you, if you look for them. Yeah. Just uh, my advice to people is don't do like I did and leave your sunscreen in the car. Um, <laughs> you should probably not do that. Uh, cause I did TV that night and was a lobster. So oh, <laughs> that's was, great. It was awesome. <laughs> that's tremendous. Chaser, man. Thank you for your time being so uh, gracious with us. Congratulations on the new role. Congratulations on, on the fan. And, and we'll see of course what happens with NASCAR, but make sure you check out the, the grand prix coming up in August should be a ton of fun. Chaser. Thank you, man. Always a pleasure. And uh, we appreciate your time. Appreciate you guys, uh, for having me on and anytime all I gotta do is ask. That was Chase McCabe, and and yes, I know we joked at the beginning of the interview about how nice he is, but he, he honestly is one of the most honest and nicest human beings I have ever met in this industry, 
at every company I've worked with, at every building I've been in, and every group of people I've worked with, he he is certainly the nicest person on this podcast today. <laughs> Just not even close. Not even not close. not. It's not. We're not even in the same stratosphere of niceness that, than than Chase McCabe. Uh, but a lot of interesting stuff. I think he's still very bullish on NASCAR. Um, and I think there's lots of hurdles. Politics, as he said, there's a lot of hurdles politically that need to be cleared. Um, and I think it's a great move. Honestly, like I, I, I texted him. I thought when it happened, I thought it was a great move to launch the fan the way they did. Um, I, I, I do think fine bombs a tricky one because that one does have some draw here and some appeal here, but the rest of the ESPN lineup, and I say this as an ESPN employee, it, it's, I guarantee you, Dan Patrick and, and outkick 360 are going to do better in Nashville specifically than, than a lot of what, what we're, what we're hearing from, from ESPN radio, which is just focused on some different topics. So I, I think it's a great play for, for Cromwell and for Chase. I think it's a, it's a nice move by him. Are you just saying that because you've guest hosted for Pine Bomb before? <laughs> no, I, 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 no, I say that <laughs> as someone who will be hosting every day next week or the week <laughs> after, I, I say that because I think there is some like Fine Bomb is a Southeastern show. And right. that is why it's a unique property for ESPN radio, because they do not have it on their regular channel. It is not distributed on their regular channel, but they sort of give it as an option to certain stations to take instead of like their regular afternoon programming. And it, it's taken all across the Southeast, no question about it. And, and so it's, I think that, and as Chase said, that was the tricky one. And that's why it's still being played in the evening. So, so in two weeks, if you want to hear me and, and Phyllis or me and uh, the legend, you can, you can hear us at night, apparently on the fan. So there you go. Can I, can I call in when I call in, do I have to call you Braden or can I call, can I call you Paul? Um, the first time I ever did it, somebody thought I was Greg McElroy and just kept calling me Greg throughout, <laughs> throughout the entire episode or throughout the entire phone call. The guy just kept calling me Greg. And I was like, I was like, I, I just kept telling him, yes, I've won a national championship. Yes. Yeah, yes I have. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm not sure he ever knew that he wasn't talking to Greg McElroy. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Great, great I'm really, move, great I'm move, really interested. I, I'm really interested in kind of like how this fan experiment works on 949. Um, you know, there's there's definitely, and and you know, Chad said this. Chad just said this here a couple of weeks ago. I, I the Dan Patrick show is a great show. I mean, it is a legitimately just. It is like one of the 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 best sports radio properties out there. And so, I, you know, I'm glad to have it full time back on back on the air here. I'm sure there's a bunch of. I'm sure they're going to pick up a bunch of people, sort of that that want Dan Patrick kind of back on their back in their space, back in their cars. I'm not uh, going to lie; he's probably the biggest influence on my radio career ever. Yeah, I mean like he's. He, I mean he's great. The I, I will. I, I'm gonna. I, I I need to look at uh, like a national piece on this. I, I would want. I wonder how many other sort of properties out there are looking at their ESPN lineups and kind of what ESPN gives them and kind of doing kind of weighing the same thing that they did, which is, you know, I, there's a couple of things like fine bomb, maybe that they, that they love or, or fits in Spain or, or, or whatever else, you know, you know, Fitzy obviously has, has, you know, strong local ties here, but you know, some of that, some of that lineup that was just hard to connect with locally. Uh, and, 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 and not necessarily better than anything else that was out there in my mind. Uh, you know, once they lost Van Pelt in the middle of the day, when, when they put Van Pelt on a few years ago, yeah, yeah. moved him to the, to the late night sports center. Um, 
they that that was that was as big a blow to me as it was as them losing Mike and Mike, who had a dedicated audience. Well, I, I mean, and, and Ch- Chase Chase mentioned Levitar, but like think of the list: yeah. Colin Cowherd, Doug Gottlieb, Scott Van Pelt, Dan, Dan Levitard, Mike and Mike. Like these are shows that were institutions it, and, in people's lives, and they have always turned over. I mean, they, they've always turned over people. I mean, for instance, the reason why Colin um, Colin Cowherd got a national a chance was because Tony because Tony Kornheiser walked out walked away from his ESPN slot. He still he he was still doing DC local radio, uh, and so they so they gave Colin Coward that national slot and, and made like a big guy. And and so they're in their minds they think well we can make these sort of big figures. I don't it know. Looks, that, I don't. I don't know that that's necessarily true anymore. Well, let me let me give you some some behind the scenes here on how that happened. The guy who quote unquote raised Cowherd up in the Pacific Northwest as a program director, teaching him the science of radio, was hired at ESPN and was running right. ESPN programming. He is the guy who trained Jason Fitz and I when we were doing our show when we launched our show on 1025 The Game. He was the, the Scott Masteller is his name. If you're in the business, you know who his name. You know who he is. And he was giving, he was teaching us the principles and the science and all the stuff. He's the one who taught Fitzy, taught I, he taught Colin Cowherd everything he 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 needs to know. And it's so it's it's a combination of ESPN's blowtorch, a very talented host, and then proper training. And that is what got because Mike Greenberg follows a lot of this stuff as well through his, his yeah. radio career. I mean, the 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 Greenberg tease. I mean, if you if yes. you've ever listened yes. to, he writes like, them all. He writes them yeah. all. I mean, if you ever listen to there's a the the guys on um, Bill Simmons podcast occasionally will will come up with like the most ridiculous sort of Greenberg style teases that yeah. are very entertaining. And, and and part of the reason that Dan Lebetard is not on the airwaves is because he is the exact opposite. He subscribes yeah. to none of the theories <laughs> that and, are and, taught to people like Colin Cowherd. And to be fair, Jared Stillman also has learned at the feet of Scott Masteller and at Colin Cowherd, as as we joked about with Chase. And what's interesting is, 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 is Levitard's show is great. Oh, it's spectacular. Yeah, it, it is. It is so good. And he's kind of built this sort of ecosystem of people around him and characters and whatever. I mean, and it's just, it's fantastic. Uh, and, and, and you're right. Not, it's, it's it, is not it is not, not no. the style. Of, it uh, isn't, it is intimidating to become a fan of the Levitard show, but once you are in and you get all the jokes, it is yeah. a very special radio product. There is no question. Uh, about that um okay uh let's move on to some unless you got anything else to add again i'm hopeful that the fairground stuff gets worked out i I think chase is right there's only two options like it can just sit there and be a historical landmark or we can try to figure out a way to move forward and find some ways that it works for everybody involved and i do find it interesting and a a little funny that (laughs) it goes without saying that the nascar audience and the broadway audience overlap (laughs) Yes, it goes without saying. All right, let's let's get so before we get into recommendations, let's get into this Gottlieb stuff with Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers and the Braves. And then we'll get to some recommendations here coming up in just a second. I I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it is really interesting. Doug Gottlieb, you know, big kind of national national capital B brand guy uh, tweets out that the reason why Freddie Freeman is a Dodger and not a Brave is because his agent who Gottlieb says has been fired. Freeman's agent has been fired. Freeman hasn't confirmed, but he hasn't denied it either. Uh, didn't bring him the last best offer from the Braves. I don't know if it was as good as the Dodgers deal or not, but but didn't bring this to him. And Freeman, who ag- who really probably wanted to remain a Brave, 
but ends up taking about $20 million more from the, the Dodgers and goes out there. I, it's <laughs> uh, the agent in question has now come back and said, my, uh, I and my team are pursuing are, are examining all legal options, which means you probably can sue uh, Gottlieb for defamation or, 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 or some, some, something to that effect. Unless it's true. <laughs> Unless it's true. And, and let me just say, the discovery in this case is going to be fascinating. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely fascinating. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to see it if they're actually, you know, you know, if they're actually going to take this thing. To court. So what I find more like the, the Gottlieb angle is, is less interesting to me other than a media member being sued for something he has said on air is a, is a, you know, that listen, I've been asked personally by a boss, are, do you have personal liability insurance? I was asked that before, and I I know personally how never to cross that line on the air. It's very easy not to cross that line on the right. air and say things that are untrue. Not everyone in sports media or media understands that concept, um, but it is a dangerous, tricky, sticky area to be in. I'm less interested in that because I think the I think all of these things could be true. I think all of the like the agent wants to make the most possible money and sign the biggest possible deal. Freeman still has like I, I i'm with you i believe that freddie freeman probably wants to stay in atlanta i have no problem with someone taking 20 million more dollars if it was only 10 million more does he decide to take it or not i think that's more interesting this is one of those times steve where i think everything is kind of true like freddie freeman might not have been happy with his representation he might have you know wanted to stay in atlanta his emotions last weekend might have been true and and were real but at the end of the day, it is your life. It is your contract. And you have the right to pick up a phone and call someone and say, I'm about to sign this piece of paper with my own name on it, with my hand and my pen. I, I, it's my responsibility to sign my name here. Are, are you sure you can't do better than X, Y, or Z? And I realize that's what an agent's job is, but you can make the phone call yourself if you need to. And it, you still have to sign the paperwork yourself. Freddie Freeman, no one forced Freddie Freeman to sign the paperwork. So... Um, also, we'll, we'll see if it's if it's super shady and this guy actually lied to him, and then maybe there's some wiggle room there. But at the end of the day, it's you, you have a you can text. You're Freddie Freeman. You can text the owner of the Braves. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I'm fascinated by by this fact. It's not the story. It's not the show. It's not whatever thing that was published that might get Doug Gottlieb sued. It's the tweet. <laughs> and oh man tw twitter twitter uh undefeated is a force for human chaos <laughs> man the fucking internet used to be so much fun <laughs> it was the internet and twitter was so fun we just argue about which fucking college football stadium was best and that's what we did and we had so much fun with it and damn it <laughs> The internet is too freaking serious now. I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, okay, well, well, there you go. There's our, our thoughts on uh, Gottlieb and Freddie Freeman. Okay, so my first recommendation is not TV related. Uh, this is the Blocked and Reported podcast. It's uh, Katie Herzog and Jesse Single. Mm. Uh, a couple of New York writers. Well, wait, I think. Well, I think Herzog is Seattle. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Uh, but it's it's like a, if you're listening this far in, uh, you're you're in for the deep media shit. So here you go. Uh, <laughs> this is like all of the media bullshit on the Internet. They love to dive into it. And so, uh, you know, when the when an, when a 
there was a there was a big kind of kerfluffle here a few weeks ago with uh, a Washington Post reporter who. Oh my God! This, yeah, this it was is, the Dave. It was the Dave Weigel tweet stuff. How dare how dare you retweet a mildly funny some, and, someone and else, sensitive and, joke? And, and then they have all the details of like oh my God. the war that broke out in Slack um, um, among Washington Post reporters, and then kind of who got they, fired and why. And what, I mean, it's if it, it they're very entertaining. They're I, they're 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 very entertaining. They're a little contrarian. Uh, they dove into all of like the Elon Musk and Twitter stuff. That was- if, if, if they didn't cover the woman who was fired because she started actively antagonizing her own company on Twitter for not being woke enough, I'm probably broad, broad brushing and generalizing here, but if, they, if they're not on the side of firing her, then I'm upset with them. Where were they on the podcast? To, you're going to have to listen to the podcast okay, to find out. Okay. It is, but highly entertaining podcast. Uh, I, I enjoy it a lot. So anyway, it, there to, you go. To, to me, that reported is the name of it. To me, that story is what feeds this general discontent and disbelief and hatred towards mainstream media. Was that that story embodied? Why a lot of people are just like, I'm done. I'm done with mainstream media. I can't do it anymore. And I, whether it's right or wrong, I just think that story was was, was uh, there. So speaking of deep media shit, I've, I've recommended the offline podcast. I, it is probably of any non-440 sports podcast, it is by far my favorite podcast right now going. Uh, and here are the titles of the last couple of episodes. I'm just going to read you the titles. Okay. Has, has Google created a soul? Steve Bannon's very online insurrection. Crypto for beginners with Kevin Roos. What's funny is what's funny is Bannon is obsessed with those guys. I know he is, I, and yeah. but also he's also a genius. Like yeah. he's yeah, charming. Yeah. He's a charming, funny genius that people want to hate and cannot somehow. So anyway, evil genius, but e- evil genius. genius yes. Yeah. Um, also with zero plans after he topples the United States government, zero plans to replace it. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so here's another one: How should parents manage kids' screen time? Like the, these are like the last four episodes on the offline podcast. So if you want to go down deep into to the internet and how it's breaking our brains and media stuff, like offline is probably my favorite show, period. Um, there's there's a little tiny political tint to it, but really not. It's really not uh, a political show. It is a media, internet, data, information, human brain psychology show. It is fantastic. So uh, there's the two serious recommendations. Also, strict strict scrutiny. Uh, another crooked pod. If you want to really dive into some legal ramifications of what's taken place over the last few weeks, I recommend. Um, uh, I think it's Marissa, Leah, and somebody else. I can't remember her name. I apologize, but it's strict scrutiny. It's a great show. Uh, yeah, very, funny. very, very good. It, it's a very good breakdown of all things Supreme Court. Yes, and 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 funny with like pop cultural references. Like it's it's funny, and they have all kinds of really hilarious names for Scrotus. It's it's my favorite. <laughs> Which is my favorite one. All right, TV. Scrotus. All right, let's talk some TV here. Because uh, I, I I started watching Stranger Things. Love it. I love how they've evolved the story. I think that's great. Westworld just came out, so everybody be checking that out as well. I love that one. Um, we finished Ozark. That was great. I love the final scene in Ozark. I think we talked about that. Um, and I know you started a Netflix show recently. So... We we were we were searching around for something to we were kind of between shows and a couple of people had had recommended this to us so we popped up Bloodline on uh, uh, on Netflix uh, great cast Ben Mendelsohn is like the kind of main protagonist in it uh, Coach Taylor Coach Taylor is, is in it <laughs> who plays um, the role of Coach Taylor 
Right. Coach Taylor is a sheriff, but maybe a crooked sheriff. But anyway, I feel uh, like I feel like every role he plays is the same character. Yeah. And, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, I love right, him. Right. Uh, Linda Cardinelli, like one of my favorite people, uh, which is one of my favorite uh, actors uh, is the is the oldest daughter. It's a family drama. It's set in the keys. There's beautiful, beautiful setting. Lots family of drama. angst. There's eventually a murder. There's drugs. You know, there's drugs. There's angst. There's more angst. And then some drugs. And then there's some more angst on top of the drugs. People are just snorting the angst and the drugs. <laughs> and sounds like America. <laughs> it was like, I mean, it's a heavy show. Like, it, like yeah, you, you could binge this, but like if you did more, like, more than two episodes, you were just like, oh, God, I need something. I need some sunshine here. I need like, you know, anything else. So we got through the first season and then we're like, okay, well, that was interesting. And then we got to the first episode of the second season. Actually, we got to the first two episodes of the second season. I would have tapped out after the first. After the second one, Jen was like, you know what? I think I agree with you. We were out. It was it was like like really seen, we enjoyed it, it. It was too much. <laughs> it was too much angst, and like it was the like we could see where because we knew it was only three seasons, which was one of the reasons why we picked it up because we're like, oh well, it's low commitment. It's not like we're yeah, committing yeah. to like seven seasons or something here. And it was it was just this sort of thing of like like we could see the death spiral of angst in the in the distance. <laughs> And you just didn't need that in your life right now? Did not need that in my life right now. And I was like, you know what? I, in spite of the fact that I love all these actors, I couldn't do it. I mean, Sissy Space is in it. Sissy Space no, it's, it's, it's so wonderful. I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice by not finishing it. But I do understand why maybe not finishing it right now in this moment in time might not be the most uh, psychologically helpful thing. Not mentally your, healthy. Yeah. So, but, like, I am almost every show I love is is in that is in that world. Like, whether it's Ozark or Westworld or, you know, the, the new We Own This City or like I watch a lot. of I love dark television. I love it. I think it's I do. Too, I do, I too. But, I, but, you know, like, I mean, and here's the, here's the problem is, is like we were looking for somebody to cheer for, even within like uh, something that's really dark. Like the Sopranos was super dark and you could argue maybe a, a lot of like really moral, moral well all of them were really morally ambivalent characters madman madman was the same way but you there were people that you never kind of like stopped rooting for well, even though you knew that they were maybe horrific people let, let me ask let me ask you a question then about this because i don't know if this is giving away things that could happen later on so if you haven't seen it i don't know if you need earmuffs this or not because i'm gonna I mean, try to be i mean i'm gonna try to be delicate on this what it, if the, it, it, what it's if, a five-year-old show on netflix we're not gonna spoil okay, it. okay what if you ended up what if you actually ended up rooting for danny how crazy a turn would that be couldn't do it. I'm just saying that you have not seen all you, new information has come to light, man. You got to let the show there, play there, out. I, I think you need to watch it. I think there's nothing. It. And so the Danny is the is the oldest brother who's also the biggest fuck up who gets disinherited yeah. from the family. Who yeah. like all these things, all these terrible things happen. He's the one that ends up getting murdered at the end of the first season. Sorry for the spoiler, but you know it's a five year old Netflix series, and the it's just. He's irredeemable. It's oh, not. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I, but, but but put it this way: the journey towards his redemption. Okay, not right. not something I'm I'm willing to. That's not a road I'm willing to go down. The sister's a fascinating character as well. She has an incredible journey. I think it's worth your time. Maybe not right now. Because again, we were watching and we're going through, me and my wife are going through some some personal family stuff right now that's been tricky. And so like we literally had to stop watching Peaky Blinders last season 
in the middle of an episode because my wife was like, I cannot do this right now because it's just so dark and so heavy. I love those shows. I love Peaky Blinders. I love Mindhunter is another one of my absolute. Oh, Mindhunter's Mindhunter's great. But boy, you want to talk about. Yes, you better be prepared. Right. But and and so there's a but there's a contrast here, which is, you know, some of the shows that I mentioned or like like the most recent one uh, that that we that we and we've talked about this before succession. I mean, there are no there's there are no heroes in succession. None. There there are no there are no heroes. That that they're, one's that one's they're less. all they're all bad people in varying sort of degrees, but it's so entertaining and it's pretty funny. Well, it's a car. It, to me, that's a carnival of people that aren't in real life. So like those care, like the characters in Bloodline, the characters in Mindhunter, the characters in Peaky Blinder, like a lot of these characters are, are, are more relatable and very real, like a cop in Baltimore. And we own this city is a very normal, regular person, whereas Succession, it's like these these creatures that live in this other universe that are all in this carnival ship together. And like, I, I think that's easier to suspend reality and watch that show and enjoy the, the badness <laughs> for, yeah. for, for what it is. But here, to, so to finish all of this, cause I think, I think people should finish bloodline, give it a chance. Maybe not if you're in a bad place right now, psychologically. And I understand the angstiness being snorted is a bad thing. I get all of that, but I will say this to, to wrap up this conversation with a palate cleanse. Cause that's what we like to do. We like to watch heavy dark shows and then finish it with a palate cleanse things like Schitt's Creek or Ted Lasso, or um, my wife loves the good place. For example, um, she watches this. I, I, I think Gracie and Frank is kind of ridiculous and stupid, but she likes it. So it's, it's, it's a way for, for her to like recenter at the end of the night. The new one is Melissa McCarthy's new show called God's favorite idiot. And, <laughs> And it reminds me, it reminds me of the good place, but with the, but with bad language <laughs> and, and oh, that's Mel- funny. And Melissa McCarthy doing the role of like, you know, playing her role where she has these ridiculous snarky one-liners just ripping on everybody and yelling at people. And like, it's just fun. It's, it's wholesome and fun. And she stars in it with her actual real life husband. So for some reason, I love watching when couples are working together. And, and so I think it's, it's called God's Favorite Idiot. It's very charming. It's very wholesome, but also bad language and jokes. So it reminds me of Shit's Creek and, and Ted Lasso. So um, I, that's a good palate cleanse for people right now. If you need a palate cleanse at the end of the night, go check out God's Favorite Idiot. I laughed out loud many times. So Awesome. There you go. I think that's about it, dude. Uh, sign up at the Nashville Banner, NashvilleBanner.com. Uh, you got some inbox stuff right into your inbox coming. Uh, I think you had some one this week, right? We had, we, had, had, we had a piece this week on sort of the mayor and... <laughs> how he is in the middle of the state on one side and governor Bill Lee's administration that very much wants the Republican national convention there and every Democrat in Nashville who doesn't. And uh, it's, it's, I will just say it's amazing. It, 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 it takes real talent to, to make everybody mad. And apparently that's what the mayor's doing right now. Um, if you want 500 million for a stadium, you got to have the RNC. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the way but, it works. But, uh, but sign up at the banner. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we're, we're in pre-launch mode here, but we will send you every two weeks cool, or so. Cool. We will, Demetria Kalodimos, my partner and I will send you stories to your inbox. So. Very, very cool. Make sure you check it out. It's growing every day. Many people are talking about it. NashvilleBanner.com. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page, 440 Sports there. Follow all the accounts and uh, check for notifications because we got some stuff coming for you. Uh, Obviously, we appreciate Chase McCabe's time on the show today. Uh, And, uh, of course, everybody have a great weekend. For Steve, I'm Braden. Thanks for hanging out. Rate, review, subscribe. This has been Lamestream Sports here on the 440 Sports Network.